This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is sponsored by NordVPN, the virtual private network which allows fans to watch football games, films and TV shows that aren't available in your region. It even saves on travel costs, so if you're planning on travelling with the family or to watch the Amazon in Europe, NordVPN allows you to purchase flights and hotels from different locations across the world and that will save you a few quid. Maybe you're a bit of a shady character and whatever you're up to, you want to give yourself the best possible chance of not getting caught. Whatever the scenario, NordVPN provide high-level protection for your data and personal information wherever you are in the world and boast the fastest virtual private network in the world. So no buffering and no lagging. So for less than a pint or a cup of coffee per month, you fans can watch all the games you want live from the comfort of your own sofa. Visit nordvpn.com forward slash Way to get your exclusive discount plus four months free with a 30-day money-back guarantee. That's nordvpn.com forward slash Way. You're listening to the West Ham Way podcast with Dave and X. Oi, oi! Hello and welcome to the West Ham Way podcast with myself, Dave Walker. This week I'm joined by Jimmy Walker, who talks to me about his time with the women's team, his charity work, the depressing situation at West Ham, David Moyes being in charge, Rice in an Arsenal shirt and the importance of pre-season before answering questions from patrons of the West Ham Way. Jimmy, it's been a while, mate. How you doing? Dave, great to speak to you, mate. Wow, it's been too long, mate. Yeah, a lot's gone on in that time, bud. Mate, a lot has gone on since we last spoke. Firstly, congratulations on turning 50. How do you feel about hitting the half century? Well, I'm sort of torn by it, mate, if I'm being really honest. I mean, part <laughs> of me and I think a few, a few of my mates over the years and people I've known are, are amazed I've got to that milestone. <laughs> and I'm glad we got to it as a starting point, but 50. I don't know what happened. I actually, honestly, I was having a conversation yesterday. I was at the races yesterday. And I was just chatting away, as you do. I said, and someone said, oh, yeah. I was talking to a uh, young, young lad. He's only about 23, 24. 
chatting away on a couple of beers and he said, yeah, I can't think of all that mortgage business and all this for ages. I said, look, I'm going to be honest with you. It seems like five years ago, I was 25, 24, yeah. 25, playing football. Everything was flowing. I, I can't believe how quick 25, 30 years has gone. It's incredible. Oh. So, and I fitted a lot into that as well, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, two two books would certainly prove that, Jim. That's for sure. But um, absolutely, you know, mate. Well, the second one is due, mate. It is coming. I swear. I said yeah. before, <laughs> but it's a little bit more further down the line. So hopefully, can, I've, I've got well, my, uh, I've got, I got my arse into gear a little bit because I've got a new foundation that's that's coming as well. So I'm gonna I'm gonna try and get the book done on behalf of that, and and any profits I make on that bang into the new charity. Well, that's fantastic, Jim. Fantastic. And I did want to talk to you about your, your charity work um, because, you know, you've got the foundation, as you have previously explained, that that you was going to have on uh, on a show that we did, I think, last time we spoke. Talk to us about that and how that's come along. And, what, again, remind people what that consists of. And also a bit of charity work that you've done recently, which involves some mountain walking, I believe. Yeah, well, I spoke about it a lot. I mean, I mean, I need a. Let's start with this. I need a a, a buggy to get around eighteen holes normally yeah. <laughs> before my knee blows up. So it was one <laughs> of those. Unfortunately, one of my, one of my good friends, Wayne Evans, one as I played at Walsall with uh, for about six years. I was such a great lad. He died suddenly um, as well, and I've I've been doing things for ages. And you know, I'm I'm guilty of it. I know a lot of people are guilty, but talking about me, I'm guilty of putting things off, right, I'll do it tomorrow, I'll do it there and I'll do it. And I always put it off and I thought, right, this happened, right, just give me a kick up the arse, let's let's get on with it. So the foundation, if it had been ready, would have been ready to help him already. So I thought, right, it's time to crack on with it. He Basically, he needed 30, his family needed 30 grand to get his body back from America where he was living just for, you know, so they could, so they're giving the send off and the burial that, you know, back back over in, in Wales. Wow. Um, I know it's incredible, isn't it, when you think of that. So all the lads, ex-Walsall players, we've got the group and that, we we all sort of did different things, just giving pages and that. And I thought, right, I'm going to, for my 50th, I, you know, people have been brilliant, you know, they've, they've donated, they've helped, they've shared it, they've liked it, they've commented on it and everything. I'm so thankful for all of that. So, We've we've more or less raised, I think we're nearly there to the thirty grand between Walsall Football Club and Rochdale where he played, and our just giving pages. We've we've more or less got to that for the family, which is which is incredible. So amazing, it, yeah, brilliant, mate. Honestly, and it, it just gave me the, the the push on to, you know, start the foundation because the foundation basically is, I mean, in a nutshell, is to help ex players. You know, and a lot of my mates now who have played with over the years come out the game. You know, I've been lucky. I went straight into coaching. I've stayed around it. And like West Ham have been brilliant to me with the ambassador role and that as well. So I've been really fortunate. But a lot of lads I know are a lot less fortunate. And they've come out of the game. They've fell out of the game. The divorce rate is ridiculous. And mm. fell into spirals of depression. And, you know, mental health issues at the minute are, are rife. And, 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 and physical health as well is, is rife with the lads. You know, you see so much dementia diagnosis and all that. And I've got four or five mates who I've played with who have been diagnosed with the onset of it as well. It scares the life out of me, to be fair, mate. You know, yeah, yeah. And 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 I think they've they've put their body on the line week in, week out. They've not earned fortunes like, you know, it's not like you look at the figures nowadays, a couple hundred grand a week and well, even a couple hundred grand a flipping day nowadays. But yeah. 
so they've not earned that type, nowhere near that type of dough throughout their career. And, you know, they just need some help, a bit of guidance, pushing the right way, a, a loan to help them. Because I go on a coaching badges, like you've lost lost so many ex-players to football because you have to shell out to start with the coaching badge. And they're five or six grand a pop. You know, to get, you took it 20 grand to get fully badged up, basically. Jesus. And lads just ain't got that money to, to, to start with. And don't go on, the PFA do fantastic work as well. And they'll give you so much back at the end of that. But lads haven't got the money to start with that. So just things like that, if I can help. And we've done different stuff from my ex-manager, Chris Nicholl, who's really struggling with dementia now. And we've done lots of stuff over the last few years. So it just thought I could tie it all together. And if I can help a couple, well, one is the ideal. But if I can help, I'd like to help as many as I can. But if I can help two or three of my old teammates, even, you know, with the health issues and just getting them back on the right track or something along those lines, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be well worthwhile. And we sort of branched out a little, well, I've sort of branched out a little bit to helping ex players is the main focus, but also grassroots football would like to help there. Eventually, you know, I know how expensive it is. I've got a boy of my own who's, who's going through it again. He's, he's playing football. You're talking with their boots, with their kit, with their subs, you're talking five or 600 pounds a season. Yeah. yeah, through. So a lot of people can't afford that, especially in this climate as well, which is horrible to see. So you, you're losing a lot of there, and that would help a lot of young lads keep on a straight and narrow, or you know, give them a focus. So we'd like to try and help grassroots players, especially for people who can't afford to to get involved in football. And and there's so many good charities out there. What what's inspired me as well, like you know, I do a lot of work with the British Art Foundation as well now. Um, my my missus brother died suddenly of a heart attack. Wanner's, like I mentioned earlier, died of a heart attack. And there's so much more of it about at the minute. So, you know, if we can help in any way, these charities that have inspired me to get this going, I, I always say about uh, Justin Edinburgh, uh, he died of a heart attack as well. Mm-hmm. A while ago, God rest his soul. I mean, fantastic mm-hmm. guy. And he, and his son, Charlie's doing some unbelievable work with in his name as well. So we'd like to help and, you know, collaborate with, with those as well. So, yeah, it's just something to get my teeth into. And obviously, you've got the website coming and and stuff like that. All the social media is going to be coming as well. Down the line, it'd be just great to, you know, get the lads back together and get the fans with them and that. And, you know, put on some games, maybe put on golf days, et cetera, and, that, and, and all, for, all for great causes. So, yeah, something I'm trying to get my teeth into in a minute while I'm, while I'm not at a club and, and, and grafting. That's a beautiful thing, Jim. It really is a beautiful thing. And good luck to you, pal. Well, your time with the West Ham women's team has come to an end now. Did you enjoy that? Mate, loved it. Loved it. It was, it's different. It's very different. And I I think I've said to, said before that if I had it at the start of my coaching journey, I mean, I, I, obviously I did the academy boys at West Ham under 18s the year before. Had Mm. a fantastic season that Kev King. And the guys there do do an unbelievable job of them. And I spoke to Keno loads of times. He said, look, you're not, you're not working. Come in. Lads would love it. The goalies would love it. Come in and just see how we, you know, see how we operate and give a bit of input. And so I came in with Kev just on the off chance and loved it. He ran it like a first team. It was excellent. What they're doing there is preparing them perfectly for, for hopefully a career inside football. But if not, they're making real young men as well who can go on and do things outside the game as well, which is so important because... Obviously, that with the foundation, that's an area I'd like to look into because there's not enough help for for lads who come out of the game at a young age as well at all. So, mm, mm. so it, it, that's another area I'd like to look into. But yeah, just going on that, 
I did the academy lads. So you learn a new way of speaking because they're all 16, 17, 18 year olds. So you can't, I've always worked in the men's game where what you say is, you know, gospel. You go in and you say, right, you do this. And basically, because <laughs> you know, I'm going to get the sack if you don't do this. So hmm. it was, it was that way do. But like with the 18s and you're trying to coach them, it was a, it was a great learning curve for me. And then obviously, Paul, uh, Conch, Paul Conchesti went with the women and took over as manager. And he said, look, come and help us as assistant manager. I was like, I've never done it before, mate. He said, no, it's fine. The same. So going in after doing the academy and now the women's, it, it taught me new ways of speaking to players and, and trying to coach players in a different way. So I said at the start, if I'd have done it at the very start of my coaching journey, it probably made me a more rounded coach, to be honest. So mm-hmm. it's nice to have done it and learned that side of things. And then, like I said, a different way of, you know, explaining things and, and being able to get your point of view across that way without without ranting and raving really. So it was a it was a good way of doing it for me, to be honest. So yeah, really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it. And the girls, you know, they have they have a right go as well. They've got nothing to you know to back you up from from they're like I used to say to them all the time, they're the trailblazers, you know. Yeah. They've, they never had the heroes or her, you know, growing up to be able yeah. to watch really. Yeah. It's true. So now now they're the they're there that the young girls now they've got a responsibility to them to to make the game grow as a women's game you know and, and if they and if they do it right and they keep the women's football as women's football and you know and and do it the right way they'll have a good product there in a few years but it's going to take a few years to get to it but you know with how well the lionesses are doing you know in the last in the last euros and the world cup now then then it's going to escalate it quickly so it was a good time to be in it it was a good time to be in it. i really enjoyed it and like i say it taught me a lot Absolutely, mate. Another string to your bow and uh, something that adds to a, an already impressive CV, Jim. So it's so good for you. But talk to me about the men's team, mate, because what's going on with us at the moment? I mean, only West Ham could win a European trophy and go into the following season on such a fucking downer. I mean, this this time of year, what we've got, a few days before the season starts. Yes. I mean, you, you should, especially on the back of winning the trophy, that I just feel like maybe... I don't know. Listen, the next few weeks for me, I'm always a positive person. The glass is always half full, so to speak. Mm. Uh, I think the next few weeks are so important for us. You know, we, at this time of year, you want to be excited. I know, yes, you're going to have the nerves going at the season. It's full of trepidation, but you want to be excited going into it. And, you know, I, I, I've never, I mean, the trophy and the winning that, that cup, a couple of months back was was something incredible, wasn't it? You know, it's, oh, amazing to, to be involved in that and to be alive to see that and be around it. And I was lucky enough to be around it. You've obviously been out there. I did the ambassador thing at the ground. It was just it was an incredible. It was an incredible night, incredible achievement to to have won it as well. And on the back of that, I know we're going to lose Declan. Like I'd have loved to said, look, no chance. He ain't going nowhere. We're going to build around it and maybe give him a chance. I don't know what happens behind the scenes. From, from that point of view, you would love to have gone and said, no, no, we're keeping Declan. We're going to go and spend on the back of this and we're going to go and build a team around him and we're going to push on. Declan went, obviously. And it, it turned out it was obviously he was going to go. So you'd like you'd like to think, if they know this behind the scenes, then he'd be ready to, to go and replace him and do bits and bobs and get everyone excited again. But it's not quite panned out like that. It's been frustrating. It's so frustrating to watch, but like I say, I, they're going to know what they're doing. Behind the scenes, they have to know what they're doing. They, they've got to have the contact. I mean, I see him as linked with a few people again today, again. So 
So hopefully we can get them over the line, get the excitement buzzing, get off to a good start in the league, get a couple of results behind us with a couple of new signings as well. And and everyone's back on the, you know, the excited vibe and the positive vibe again, which is which is what we need after after winning that trophy and how, how buzzing everyone was, we need to do that on the back of that. Mm. Oh God, yeah, it is absolutely crucial. How do you feel about seeing Deck in an Arsenal shirt now, and, and and how do you think he's handled the move to North London? I can't watch, mate. No, it's I horrible, isn't it? Watch it? It's horrible. Mm. It's horrible. Yeah, yeah I know. I, some, I, I said something on my Twitter the way I got a load of stick for it, but it was. <laughs> and I just, I mean, I love Deck. For record, he's a, he's a he's, firstly he's a fantastic guy. He has been an unbelievable player for West Ham, an ambassador for mm. West Ham, and, a, and on the pitch, what he's done is is probably second to none in the, in recent history. He's, he's been incredible for three, four seasons, um, and to lift that that was what you know lift the trophy was what everyone wanted to see. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's a real tough one. Like, and I just said on I just said on Twitter that like I choose not to watch his interviews anymore. Because I don't want to be put mm. on. I, I want to remember Deck as lifting that trophy as a fantastic player for West Ham. He's moved on now. I get that. Football evolves. Football does move on. I just mentioned that seeing him in Arsenal short, uh, Arsenal shirt really hurts. Yeah. I could have probably took it. I, I could have took it comfortably in Man City. Yes. If I'm being I honest, I could have yep. took it Man City. I could have took a Bayern Munich. Yeah. I'd have been delighted to see him in a Real Madrid shirt. I'd have, I'd have watched the games. I'd have clapped him every week. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. seeing him in an Arsenal shirt and seeing him do the interviews about Arsenal, and I, I just can't. I actually choose not to watch it. I'll be honest. I'm just going to yeah. remember the good times with him and remember that. And, you know, and he's, listen, he's still Declan. He's still a fantastic guy. He's just moved on now. So it's one of those things. It does hurt me to see him in an Arsenal shirt, though. Yeah. Oh God. I think it hurts all of us to be honest, but you know, <laughs> you, you talk about the shit show really uh, at the top at West Ham and, and the fact that we haven't capitalized on what was a fantastic way to end the season by winning that trophy. And, you know, ultimately the black and whites of it was whilst we came good towards the end of last season, you look back and say we were involved in a relegation scrap. That, that That's the, that's the, the black and whites of it. And all that's changed from being in a relegation scrap last season to now is that we've lost our best player and our captain. And we are the only club in the Premier League that hasn't signed anyone with that money we received. Um, it's a bit of a circus. Yeah, hold on, hold on. You're depressing me now. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, know. Oh, yeah, sorry, mate. Yeah, this ain't great. Me. And I'll, I'll give you all, a heads up. It's not going to get much better either. <laughs> I was all He's excited. I, wasn't I know, I know, I know. I'm I know, again. I know. I should have got oh, a Samaritan sorry. on this call as well, alongside you, shouldn't I? Um, Listen, just I might for, just for balance. The foundation. I might have to excavate the foundation a bit, a bit quicker. <laughs> I, I might need it after this call. <laughs> well, really I've lost my job at the foundation before I've even been given it. So, yeah. <laughs> um, no, it's very true, mate. But, but it is publicly known that there are problems at West Ham, political problems that are stopping this club from moving forward. The reason I'm saying all this, Jim, is that you've been a player. How much of this shit show will be affecting the squad and the dressing room, if at all? Well, I mean, firstly, like, I, I still believe the next few weeks are, are critical to us. So I do believe we will get some business done as well. And hopefully it's in time to, like I said, to keep that buzz going from, from winning, from lifting the trophy and, and everyone's you know, can get behind it again. So hopefully that does happen. But like, I mean, the worry, that is the, the worry, you know, it's really tough talking about it when you're not behind the scenes because you actually don't know what goes on. There's a lot mm. of hearsay. I mm. know we hear things. I know people do know things. So 
it's obviously you look at it, it's not quite right in there, and there is a bit, and that's the most worrying thing behind the scenes that everyone's not on the same sort of page. It don't seem, but the last thing you want it to do is to escalate around the changing room. You know, players are pretty resilient. Shall I say is that the right word? They'll just get on with the job. They look forward to it, but they want to be progressing. They want the club yeah. they're playing at to progress. They want it. They want to be trying to, you know, win more things. They've all got a taste of winning that trophy again now in that changing room. So they want, they want, they want more of that. They want, they don't want to stand still as a player. You do not want to see the club you're playing for standing still, going backwards. You want to be always progressing and going forward in your career, mm-hmm. and you want to be at the club you're at, and you'll give everything for that. So players will just get on with it, and they'll they'll crack on. They'll give the best when they're out on the pitch. There's no doubt you. No, especially the change rooms I've been. I know games. The games changed a little bit nowadays, but players on a whole, everyone I play with over the been in the change room with, would as soon as they cross the white line, so to speak, they would give 100. percent And if you wasn't, your teammates would let you know, but they would do it. And I seen. I don't see that changing, but if it, it does get to a point where the players start asking questions, and then it can be. It's really concerning. It comes around the change room and. You know, if you don't get off to a good start on the back of it, it gives you a little option to blame different things. Then you're looking for a, some some players might then look at for a way out. So we don't want to go down that route. We don't we don't want any rifts. We don't want anything. Somehow we have to get back on the same page. Get a couple of exciting signings in the boy Alcaraz. If we can get him over the line as well, Alvarez. Sorry, you know, might be. I, I don't know too much about him, but just getting him in the building might be a great start. Mm. To, and the players want to see it. It's amazing it on the changing uh, on the training grounds, Dave. That you get a new player in, players lift their standards. Like I guarantee, Piquetta coming in last year, the players are lifting their standards when they see him on the training ground and they see him do things like back in the day you bring in Tevez and Mascherano. Like <laughs> the lads yeah. lifted it a level. The lads are going right. I'm going to show you I'm a player. I don't care you. You're proud as a player. You want good players to think you're a good player as well. So you do lift it to go. So just to get two or three signings in is so important just to lift the players around them as well to to go again. And if you raise 10% in the training field for everyone, it can only be a good thing, surely. So I think it's really important to get them on the line, you know, to get them into the building, get them on the training field. Everyone goes with it again. Like I say, it's so important to hit the ground running this year, you know, oh. We've got, you know, we've got we've got some good games coming up. There's some winnable games at the start of the season. I think it's been half kind to us the fixture list for a change. So if we can get a couple of wins on the board, couple of new signings in, I think everyone goes with it again, which is which is what we need to do. So I'm hoping that's what happens. I, I, I think the next few weeks are so important for us as a club, mate. Mm, mm, massive, absolutely massive. Yeah. How much faith do you have in David Moyes? And in your opinion, should he still be the gaffer? <laughs> I mean, for me, I mean, he's given us something that we could, as a West Ham fans, I mean, I, I've been a West Ham fan since I, since I played there and had such a great time there and see what it meant to every fan. And just what the what the building meant to me was, you know, it was incredible. It was like a family and it'll always be a family to me from that. So I'm a West Ham fan on the back of that. Uh, people I know like yourselves, and I, go back another 20, 30, 40, 50 years or in West Ham, and most haven't seen as lift a trophy. So for David Moyes to actually do that and do that, I mean, something you you can you can never take away. You know, it's it, it's incredible for him to have done that. 
Um, but football moves on. It does. And look at it. It's, it's two months ago and already hmm. we're, we, we're, he's getting questioned. Is he right now for the job? Is right now for the job? Listen, I think he's done a fantastic job while he's been in it. The cherry on the top of that was was winning that trophy. But yeah, at times we did struggle last year. You're right. It was uh, it was the hardest year I've, I've had as, as an ambassador, you know, doing the microphone and asking the questions and sort of saying the same things right this week that we, we're going to get on the front foot, we're going to go for it. It never quite happened. And, you know, it is one of those. David Moyes has his ways of playing football and it, it's it's got us a trophy. It's got on the back of it. Like I say, I think it goes again. And like I just said about the next few weeks, I think as a club, it's, it's a defining moment for the club in the next few weeks and months to come. I think it's a defining moment for David Moyes as well. Yes, he's won the trophy. We've had a fan, couple of fantastic seasons. Europe for three years. Listen, let's not forget all this. You know, Europe for three years on a spin, winning a trophy in the Prem for that time. You know, only one season really struggling last season. And so let's not forget all that. Let's let's take that with us and then let's move on. Yes, football does evolve and moves on. And fans, players, all want to be pushing forward. We all want to be pushing forward and we do. And so that's that's what's happened in the last few years. It's incredible. Probably one of the best times I've ever seen as, you know, as, I can imagine as a West Ham fan. So amazing times. But I think the next few weeks for David Moyes, for the club as a whole, you know, the fans, the players in the changing room, for everyone involved in the football club, the next few weeks is is massive for us. And I like I say, I just hope we I just hope we can pull everyone together, couple of signs, get get some momentum. I'm excited for the season. Don't get me wrong. I'm excited for the first game next week at the weekend. Can't wait for it. And if we can get a great, you know, a positive result to start with and then and hit the ground running. I'm hoping it builds that confidence, the momentum. A couple of new signings come through the door because we have got a good team. 1-11 to 11 is good. I know we've lost probably our best player and our captain, which is going to take some replacing. But as a team, you know, we've got a good team still in there. We underproduced in the league last year, definitely. So mm-hmm. I'm hoping a couple of additions to that, mate, you know, we can get excited again. We can build up to it. We've got another Europa League to look forward to. So, yeah, I think it's a massive, massive few weeks. I can't emphasise it anymore. I know I keep saying it. But I think it's a massive few weeks for, for the club. You know, and it, it'll be a defining, I feel the next few weeks, months will be a defining moments years in, in the club's history. Yeah, I agree with that, Jim. And uh, listen, I love your positivity. It's very, very welcome to this podcast because I think it's it's hard to come by at the moment for staying fans. So I'm sure it's uh, it's a breath of yeah, fresh air I, that you talk about. No, like I miss it. It's not. I'm not just saying it. It's not like a false positivity. And I know I do the ambassador role for a club, but to be fair to the club, they're, they're happy with as long as I don't go slagging anyone off. They're quite happy with what I <laughs> usually say anyway. But I do feel I feel on the back of the you know third year in Europe. Yes, we struggled in the league last year, but we won the trophy. It's galvanised yeah. everyone together. So I'm positive going at the season. Look at the yeah. players we've got. We've got we've got a good in there, unbelievable player, two great goalies. You know, you've got Paqueta in there. Ben Rama was fantastic last season. Bowen came at the end of. I thought, but Jared struggled for a little while last season for well for quite a lot of the season, but towards mm. the end he was unbelievable. So I'm expecting massive things from him this year as well on the back of that. So. You know, Antonio at the top, I know he's getting older and getting, but he's a bloody handful at the top there. He's a, yeah. we need, we need, we do need more throughout the season as well. But we have got a good team. And there's no, I'm not, I'm not just, it's not just bullshit or false positivity. We need some signings. We do. And I've given the reasons why. But we have got a good, we have got a, the makings of a good side. We're in Europe again. 
if we can hit the ground running in the season and everyone can buy back into it and then go on the back of that trophy win, I, I, I'm I'm so much looking forward to it. I, I can't wait for a season. I think it's going to be a really good season. I do. I honestly do. But they do need some help. I mean, it does need galvanising in there. And that's why I keep saying about the next, you know, August, September is going to be the next few weeks, months is going to be is massive, massive for the football club. Important are pre-season friendlies and the level of opponents we face, Jim. So, for example, you know, is, is a 4-0 defeat against Bayer Leverkusen psychologically the best preparation we could have a week before Bournemouth? Do you know what? I, honestly, Dave, I've been involved in... <laughs> I've had unbelievable pre-seasons. Everything's gone swimmingly. Everything's gone perfect. We've had great results. We've won game. Come to the season... Struggled his arse off all season. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. I've, I've had three seasons where I've been horrendous. I mean, we've been terrible. We've not got players in until the last week. We've had some horrendous results and, and all of a sudden something just started and you get that first result on the boards and you get a bit of momentum and something clicks and you, I've had the best seasons on the back of the worst pre-seasons. So I don't look too much into pre-season results and it's the modern world. Everyone wants everything now, doesn't it? it, it you lose. I mean, I'm saying 4-0 against Leverkusen. That is the greatest preparation going into it with probably your team you're going to play. Ideally not. It's not. You don't want it. You never want to lose a game by a big margin, but it's not the be-all and end-all. It's not It's mm. not at all. And like I said, I've had I've had so many terrible pre-seasons and they've gone on a fantastic season. So, I think the the start, I can't keep saying it more than, than I have to. I keep I like a broken record, but I think if we can get off to a great start in the league and we can back that up with the signings, then I see no reason pre-season will get shelved. No one's going to be bothered about what's happened. I think the most the most exciting thing about pre-season has been the young lads, you know, who's, who's played. You know, you've got, you've got Divine and Bomber in there. Yes. You've got the lads who have come in. They're really positive for the future of the club. These lads coming through. Listen, I don't want to pin the hopes on them for the season because it's too much to ask. It's not fair on them. They're learning their way. So they need some help. But if they can get some game time as well during, like they've done pre-season, they'll nick a couple of games throughout the season. It's fantastic for them. It's so good for the club to see that as well. So I think as soon as we, if we can get off the mark at the weekends, get a good positive result, get the momentum building again, few signings on the board, I have no doubt we'll go on and have a great season. Yeah, well, and, a, and a case in point, Jim, to what you're saying is uh, under Avram Grant, the year we got relegated, we won every single game in that pre-season. <laughs> yeah, there so, you go. It, honestly, pre-season to me, me, I know, I know it's not great, and you're under more scrutiny. Even the first game of pre-season, now it's, you know, it, it used to be, no one ever mentioned anything. <laughs> you play first game, you win or lose, no one mentioned anything. But now everything's get everyone. It's just the modern world. It's the way it is, and. I think that's why the players get paid the big bucks now as well, even more so, because they're under so much scrutiny, they're under so much pressure. But the pressure, you know, I know it's a cliche, but the pressure is a privilege. So yeah. for me, the pre-season, it doesn't matter. It's not, I'd love to go and win every game pre-season and then start the season great and go, go on. But it does, the pre-season doesn't make that for me. Pre-season is all about getting, you know, getting up to match speed, getting up to fitness, building up to that first game of the season, working on your shape, Working as a team, ideally you'd want as many players who's going to go through the season with you in the building already, but it doesn't have to be that way. As long as they come in and the good players and hit the ground running, you can accommodate two or three players in there. 
So pre-season for me is, is just your base fitness. I hate, I actually hate pre-season. I hate it. <laughs> hate it from the start of pre-season when I was a kid and all you did for two weeks was run up hills. Hated that more than anything. <laughs> yeah. Hated the games in pre-season with nothing on them. You always, I don't care, even though you're trying your best, there's always a little bit missing. So I, as I got older, I realised it wasn't the be all and end all. Just work on your game, work on your own sort of game, work on your, your, your shape within the team and your role within the team. And just get yourself ready for that season. As soon as that season starts, I guarantee you've got another 20, 30% with the adrenaline and the occasion. You've got 20, 30% extra behind you. So pre-season is not everything for me. I'm not looking at that at all. I think it's all about the building momentum for the first couple of games. And I know I've no doubt we'll be ready for that. Mm, spot on, mate. Spot on. Please God, they are. Um... Oh, please God. Well, we've got some questions from patrons, Jim, and we're going to kick off with James Boomsma. And he says, if you could replace Deck and Skamaka with two former players, who would you pick? And I'm going to change that question slightly, Jim, to, for you personally, who are the two players you would replace Deck and Skamaka with, with players that you played with at West Ham? And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order mug delivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. I mean, it's a great question, James, isn't it? What a question. Um, yeah. I mean, oh, I mean, I, I mean, Declan obviously is is massive. He's massive. It's so it's going to be it's going to be so difficult to replace him. There's no doubt about that. Skumaka, you know, I was so looking forward to seeing him when he came in. He's just not. For whatever reason, again, it's not quite happened again, has it? Whether it's a star we play or whatever you, you want to say about it, it's just not quite happened for him. I, no, so I mean, going on the question, I think Skamaka would be is easier to replace, obviously. And you've got Antonio up there who does it for me when he's on song, he's so hard to play against. It's just mm-hmm. how much of a tune you can get out of him for this season, but I mean, obviously, the players, if you're going on the players I play with, David, you change it to that. I mean. If you've got pace either side, you've got bow on either side and another pace, you know, maybe corner on the left instead of I mean, Ben Rama. You need pace either side of this player. But I would, I mean, Sheridan for me, yeah, Teddy Sheridan was, was unbelievable, mate. He was, yeah. I mean, Kendra was at 40. We had his 40th, <laughs> we had his 40th birthday on the Saturday after we beat Wigan away 2 1. In the middle of Manchester, <laughs> he was this guy's in a Rolls Royce. I'm carrying him out of fucking living rooms in Manchester on the Saturday night after beating Wigan two one, and he's scoring the winner away at Burnley one nil on the Tuesday at the age of forty. I mean, <laughs> it's quite incredible. Forty it? birthday, mate. So I can only imagine how good he was. At I know. I think he always said he got better throughout his career as he got older as well. So 
mid thirties when he, you know, he's winning that European trophy for Man U, he must have been unbelievable, which yeah. he wasn't watching him for England. That he was, he was incredible. So if you could put pace either side of him, I would say I'd have sharing him in that little role. You know, just coming into it, the, they call it a false nine role now. It's a load of bollocks in it or them too. Yeah, you know, yeah. just coming, just coming to that space where centre half don't want to come in with you and leaving the space for people to running behind. Yeah. You know, he'd be perfect at that nowadays. The complete number nine for me, who had everything, who if I had someone to lead the line, and again, I've, I've said this many a time, and I'm 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 sure he's as good as I am, but <laughs> devastated for him when he got the injury was, you know, was Dean Ashton. Oh. He was the ultimate number nine, mate. Honestly, he had yeah. everything. Yeah. He could hold the ball up. He could lead the line. He was good in the air. He was, a, he was an animal in the box. He'd run over anyone to score a goal. Left foot, right foot. So for me, depending on how you're playing, if you want someone to lead the line and be the you know be the all out number nine, it will be Dean Ashton for me. If you want someone and you're going to put pace either side of him to come into that little the little pockets and and stretch defenders out of position to get people running behind, I'd go Sheridan. So both of them to replace Skamaka and whichever team you're playing against, and you, <laughs> however the tactics you want to play against that, I'll replace them with either one of them. It's not a bad one, is it? Oh, it's unbelievable players you're talking about there, Jim. Unbelievable. Yeah. But who do you replace Declan with, with uh, players that you played with? I mean, <laughs> you're going to laugh at me. And everyone said it at the same time. And I mean, look at Mascarano coming in. Yeah. And look, on, I mean, he was a kid when he came in. But just going on, you know, from what he went on to do was incredible. I mean, I love Scotty Parker as well. Scotty Parker was Scotty Parker was tenacious in the middle. He mm. was an all-round midfielder. He was he was class, Scotty P. You know, sometimes he didn't have that extra bit of quality, but if he gave the ball away, he'd go and win it back with a tackle. He used to call him looking mm. touch tackle. And he'd, he'd, he'd have 90 tackle win ratio. <laughs> 90 tackles a game that he'd win. I think about 85 of them was because he came because he'd give the ball away from a bad touch, but we let that go because he wouldn't ball back. <laughs> <laughs> but he was, I mean, I'm doing him a disservice there because he, he he was unbelievable sporty. But the guy always comes back to me, and he's one he's one guy, and everyone was going, "Are you mad?" But he kept Mascarano out of the team, and when he came out of the team, we really missed him. We really missed him, and unless you're on the pitch with him, you actually don't see as much as he does. But as much as he does, and how he can galvanise a team, and he just sit in front of the centre half. So if you're looking at a defensive midfielder. Just to sit in there, soak everything up. I mean, Declan was brilliant at winning the ball back when he he, he snuffed out so many fires. You know, when when we give the ball away and we're getting it, you know, they call it transition again, another fucking word. But you know, when it was on transition, he, he got snuff out the fires early. This guy was perfect at doing that, and then he just give the ball to the to the better so called better players. And Hayden Mullins, who I'm talking about, was unbelievable at that role, unbelievable at that role. So. Keeping Mascarano out of the team and doing what I know Hayden could do in his heyday, he would be a fantastic fit to change for Declan right now. That's really interesting because it's always fascinated me and I think other West Ham fans as to how... I know, and I'm going to get so much stick for that, innit? No, no, <laughs> do, do you know what? No, no, you, you won't because the thing is, Hayden Mullins did keep Mascarano out of the team and, and my kind of sub-question to you, Jim, was from your perspective, having trained with both players every day, at that time in Mascarano's career when he came to West Ham, was Hayden Mullins a better player, in your opinion, or did he just 
fit the way Pardew wanted to play better than Mascherano would have at the time. Exactly that. Exactly that. He just fit right. that system. Right. He fit the system so well. I mean, don't get me wrong, Mascherano was world-class. He was a miles, I mean, yeah. Hayden would be the first to admit it. He's <laughs> yeah. a miles better player than Hayden. He had everything. Mascherano had everything. You know, I think he played centre-half, didn't he, later on in his career for Barcelona? Yeah, he did. He so did. he was tough. He was tough. He could tackle. He could spray the ball 90 yards straight to someone's chest, shall we say. And he was an unbelievable player. But at that time, for what we needed, just sat in front of the back four and mopping it up and giving it simple, giving it the better players and just doing a simple job, keeping it. You never knew Hayden played. You could you could go and watch a game and actually not really notice Hayden. But when he came out of the team, you tried to fit Mascarano in there because he was such a good player. You actually realise what you you know what what he gave you, and you go ah right that's what he does. That's what he was always in the right place at the right time. So the reason I say to replace Deck, if you're looking at you know a holding midfielder, as we'll say now, I mean back in the day he was just a midfielder. He was expected to be a defensive midfielder. He was expected to be an attacking midfielder. They get an yeah. easy ride nowadays. Yeah, you get pigeonholed with doing half a job. <laughs> you know, yeah. What happened to being a midfielder doing defending and attacking? Come on, yeah. It's so true. You're meant to do that. Yeah. But the systems nowadays, if you was going to play a three in the middle and just a one sitter and, you know, Paquetta maybe on, on one side and if you can get someone else in on the other maybe, you know, or Suchek getting into the box on the other side and freeing him up to get forward, then you need a sitter to, if say if Suchek did go from the left-hand side forwards, Hayden would just go and filter into that role and he would have no problems playing the, you know, um, he didn't want to be the star. He was happy just just doing people's roles, and that's why players loved him because he'd give him if he can get Paquetta on the ball, he'd just win it. Give it Paquetta, Paquetta, go on amazing, go and play with Bowen up top of the right. And Hayden would then just go and fill in onto where Paquetta's the hole he's left. And anything mm. we lost it, or anything he'd just go and win the ball back and give it out to the other side. It was that simple, but ain't many players could do that role mm. and, and that effectively. So yeah, Mascarado would be one that comes to mind automatically. For more what he did at the time, but to replace Declan in that role for what he did in his in his prime at West Ham and what I saw in in the teams I played in was Hayden would fit in there a tree, and I, I'm I'm sort of hoping I've worked with Finn Downs as well, you know, a lot when he was at Ipswich. I'd love to see him get a bit more game time just to see if he could maybe do that role this year, but it's a bit unknown again at the minute. So back to the question, it, I, I would have to. A long-winded answer, James. Sorry, but Hayden Mullins would come into that role for me and I'd just sit him there. I'd go and sign another midfielder and let Paquetta and, you know, then play and go and get on the ball loads and just let Hayden fill the gaps that they leave. Yeah. It's so funny that you mentioned Flynn, Jim, because the next question from Lee Watkins is, with the struggle to get a central midfielder, are we overlooking what Downs could do for us? Have we already got a CDM that can do a job for us. And the bonus being, he's a West Ham fan who will fight for the shirt. And I was really keen to get your answer on this, Jim, because you know Flynn personally, don't you? You've worked with him as well at Ipswich, was it? I think it was. Yeah, um, yeah it was. What, how would you answer that question? I know you, you touched on it just then, but knowing him as a person and working with him on the training pitch, what would be your answer to Lee's question? Well, can I first say that we didn't see that up either, by the way. <laughs> that just happened that I mentioned Flynn in the last one. But now you're right. I, I worked with my Ipswich and even then you could see he had everything to be uh, to do that role. You know, I used to joke about Ipswich at the time. Look, 
and you want to get the best out of your players, obviously. So I'm 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 bigging him up, you know, behind the scenes, going, listen, I see so much of Rice in you because he's a massive West Ham fan. So for me to yeah to like link him to like playing anything like Rice, Flynn's buzzing yeah. with it. Yeah, but I weren't yeah. joking. I could see it. He's got a, he, he can run all day. He's got as good an engine as anyone I've seen. He, he, and you have to have that first and foremost in the Prem. And, yeah. you know, in Europe, you have to have that. You have to have an engine. He, he won't get done for pace. He's a strong boy. You know, he loves a tackle. He's one of those who would give it simple. He's happy to not be the superstar of the team. He's happy to win it, give it simple, win it, give it simple. I think I would, for me, I, I agree with Lee a little bit. I would have loved to see more of Flynn last season. You know, I think there was times I would have, for me, and listen, I'm, oh, am I to say what this should do, but I was desperate to see in some games Flynn in behind Rice and Paquetta. For me, mm. that would have been an unbelievable midfield. And Rice mm. gives him a license to go forward a bit more, which he can do. Paquetta, yeah. you know, we know what he can do. So I would love to see Flynn a little bit behind there and play the three in them and, and Rice just filling them holes behind them. Because he, like I say, he's got the engine to to get about and, and back Rice up, back Paquette truck. He's got that engine to do that and snuff out any danger. Like I say, he's a tough boy. To replace to replace Rice, oh, it's a big ass to do it this season. Do you know what I mean? It's a really mm. big ass on the back of what? Three or four starts maybe? Three or mm. four sub Well, maybe another six or seven sub-appearances. I would have loved to see him got a dozen starts last season come on for you know, ten another ten games, and then you'd say, "Do you know what? It's, it's less of a guess whether he can do it." I, I actually believe he can. Going back to Ipswich, I, I, I weren't just joking about when I said to him, "Yes, I wanted to get the best out of him for the Ipswich team." And I'm going, "Look, you could go and replace. You could go and replace Rice. If Rice goes, you're the next one to step in. If you keep doing this and keep doing what you're doing, you know, you, there's no reason why you can't be there." And he went to Swansea, and we forget when he went to Swansea, like he was one of the best passers in the Championship. His pass ratio on his stats was was incredible, through the roof. And I know they play a passing uh, under Russell Martin. They play a, 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 a that style of play, and it's a passing style of play. So you've got to be comfy on the ball to play that. You have to get the ball from the back. You have to get the ball from the goalie. You have to, be able to play. So he can do that side of things. Yes, it's in the champ, and the Prem's a different animal, but he can do that. And if you've got that in your locker to be able to do that. And you've got the engine, and you you're robust, and you like a tackle. He's got all the makings to be able to do to replace Declan. It's just a very big ask for him to do it mm. for 40, 50 games this season. You know, we've also got Connor Coventry, who's, who's an excellent player. But mm-hmm. I, for me, I know Flynn Moore. I can't speak about Connor too much because I don't. I've not seen him. I've seen him out on loan and stuff. But I mean, work closely with Flynn. Yes, for me, he's got all the attributes to to be. Rice-esque and, and possibly replacing this season it's a oh, it's a massive ask in it to play 40-50 games on the back of three or four starts last season mm. and, and be at the level that we need him to be at to because I'm not messing about I don't want to struggle again in the league we want to be we want to be getting in, in the European spots not having to win Europa League to get back in Europe we want to be up and around it and it's yeah. evolving the, the teams around us are getting better you know the this nine or ten teams easily that could sneak in the top six. So it's getting harder to do it. Whether Flynn can actually do that role, it's a little bit of a guess for me. I mean, not seeing him, but having worked with him, I know he, he's got enough in the tank to be able to do that. 
it's like I say, it's a big ass this season. I'd love him to come in again if he could come in and hit the ground running and get that belief. There is a ready-made replacement there. It's just a big ass to for him to replace him. Well, it's really, yeah, I think you're right. It's hard to disagree with any of that. And I think from my perspective as a fan that's seen Flynn, I've never once looked at Flynn play for West Ham and been disappointed with him. I think every opportunity he has been given, and he hasn't been given many, I think he's come and done well. And I think the comparisons are right. I mean, physically, they're very similar. Flynn and, and, and Deck. They might even be a similar height, but a similar build, incredible yeah. athletes, great engines. Um, and if Flynn is going to come in and just do that defensive job, a bit like Hayden Mullins, if you like, that yeah. just wins that ball back, releases it to the players that have a free license to do the, the creative stuff like Lucas. There's, there's no reason for me why he can't do that job. And how nice would it be if he was given regular game time, done well, and was that West Ham fan that we've been missing since Nobbs retired. It's a beautiful fairy tale in the making, really, if he can make it happen. And But to make it happen, you need to be given opportunities. And I was disappointed, really, to see him linked with a move away to Southampton with the James Ward-Prowse uh, story. So um, I hope he's he's given a chance, because obviously, like I say, you've worked with him as well, and you know, you, you're know booking him as a decent player, which I think he could be. You know, no, I, th- I think you're bang right, mate. I think you're bang right. Like, I think it'd be first to say whenever he's he's, he's no fools. He's not going to come in and start doing your, your mascarade. He's not going to go on dribbles. He's not mm. going to spray the ball eight yards. He can do it, but we need someone, you know, who can just sit in there, mop it up. You've just got the engine to do it. Keep keep the ball ticking. Just keep it ticking over nicely. He can do that, and I think he can do the job in the prem. And, and like you say, it's just a bit more of a guess throwing him in to do that role. That, than if he'd have had 10 or 12 starts last season, 10 or 12 solid sub-appearances for 40, 45 minutes, he'd be less mm-hmm. of a guess whether he mm-hmm. can do it. And at least when I, it'd be a great story, wouldn't it? Because he is a massive West Ham fan. He's such a good kid. Yeah. That's, it reminds me of Declan so much like that. Exactly what you said. He's a great kid. He loves West Ham. You know, he, there'd be nothing better for him to, to be in there and, and fight it. A couple of times I watched him last season, he was just a little bit, maybe a little bit slower on the ball than I liked him, but he's trying to show in the wrong way in some ways that he's, oh, look, I'm a player. I'm a player. That's not his game. Mm. Go and win the ball. Give it simple straight away. Go and win it again. Go and give it. Have a little mazy. Try something. Link play again. Get on it two or three times. Just keep moving the ball quickly. It was almost like he, for the three or four times he'd started, that he was like, I'm going to try and do a little bit too much here. Mm, Don't trying too hard. Yeah. Yeah, he's trying too hard to... To, to show he's a player. For me, you show you're a player, a good player, and you can do it by doing doing the simple things and doing them very, very well. And then you can grow into it. So I hope he doesn't go. I hope he does. I haven't spoken to him for a while either, so I don't know his thoughts, but I hope he, I hope he, listen, as it stands at the minute, we've got no one else in. There's no one coming through the door to replace him. Would I pay 50 mil for James Ward-Prowse when I've got Flynn there? I'm not sure I would. Mm. And don't get me wrong, he's, he's a, He's a he's a top player, James Wood Prowse, an excellent player to bring in. But I, you know, I've got someone with Flynn there. Maybe you could bring someone in there and hopefully bring a Flynn through behind the scenes in the next year or so instead of putting all the pressure on him this season. That may be one option. But I definitely see him being able to do it. Definitely see him being able to do it. So I hope he stays in the building, I hope he stays in the club, and I hope he goes on from strength to strength. So again, fingers crossed. 
Yeah, fingers crossed, mate. You're quite right. This is from Laura Luxy, and she says, with our strategy to try and get the best deals for players, we seem to miss out on key targets as others swoop in. What sort of message do you think this sends to players we are trying to sign? Would it have any effect on them wanting to sign, or would they not be bothered? Do they just want the best deal? Cheers. Um, no, good question. Good question. Uh, for me... Yeah, the player wants just wants the best deal. I get that. But if I'm a player, if I don't want to say Arsenal and Arteta with Declan because it would piss me off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But if you're a player and you've got a manager go and a club going, we want you, we want to do this, and you're selling your vision, you're selling them what you want to, how you want them to play, how they fit into the team, how we're going to evolve with you in the team, we're going to build this team around you. And we're going to go on to do great things. If I'm a player and I'm hearing that, I'm signing. I'm not even bothered about the money. Mm. If, I, if I look at a club and they they really want me and they're selling me the selling me the dream, basically, but can back it up and you've you've gone and meet me wherever you've flown around the world to go and meet me, or you've you know, you've met my family and you've met people and you've come in and you know, I'm going back to Brian Clough days, he'd go and meet the missus for, before he'd meet the player and stuff like that. And and it just makes you feel wanted. So I don't care as a player. Yes, you want the best deal. Of course you do. You're not in a rush to do it. But if I'm being sold, you know, this is the project, I want you involved in this and that. And and you, I'm, listen, it might take a while to get the deal done, no problem. But this is why I see you. This is why I see you. I mean, and if we can get the deal done early, I'm, I'm signing for that club. So you can see, I don't know what's happened behind the scenes. Hopefully we are doing that with players that we've, that we've, you know, got the tabs on that we want to bring in. So hopefully we are doing that. I can't see why we're not doing that. But as a player, if you're getting that info from early, like for me, when you know Declan's going, we should be doing that with the targets that we've identified and going in and going, right, this is where I see him. We're coming into this role. This is where the club's going to evolve with you. We're going to get to this. We're in the Europa League. We want to get to the Champions League. I'm a player here in that. I'm I'm signing. I'm coming. So it, so it, it does make a difference. Yeah, if you're on with an R in and I've sit there as a player going, well, I'm not sure if they really want me. You know, if you've got other options that are selling you that, mm. and you've got a club that's on with an R and going, yeah, oh, and you don't hear any contact, and then you're, I'm going to sign for the club that really wants me, mm. and I'll, yeah. I'll take less money for that. Personally, I would, I would one million percent take less money for that than yeah. than the club that's on with an R and I get a better deal. And oh, I might have to wait two months. They might want me. I might play. It's all a bit. Uh, you can hear the tone of my voice when I talk about it. <laughs> I'm talking about selling, selling, and evolving with a club, and where we could go as a club. I'm excited, and you talk about, you know, oh, well, we might get it over the line. We have to wait and see. I, if I'm a player, I'm going. I'm going there. I'm going to the club that really want me. So, yeah, I think it can make a difference. And but hopefully, we are doing that behind the scenes. I've no reason, no reason to see why we aren't. Mm. Well, this is from Sean Billiard, and he says. After hearing what Rice has been saying about how much he's learned from Arteta already, do you think we'd have had a better chance of keeping Rice if Moyes had been sacked after the World Cup and we'd have hired a younger, more tactically adaptable manager? It feels like the retaining of Moyes, despite the cup win, is sending his club into a downward spiral. A tough one. Yeah, powerful <laughs> question, that. That's a powerful question. Uh, you know, I mean... Yeah. It's a real tough. It's a tough one. Listen, I think Declan was great, but I mean, mm. let's just get this right first and foremost. I've watched, I watched thirty seconds of his interview. 
to turn it off. So, yeah, you've done well to last that long, Jim. Yeah, I, I couldn't. I can't really, uh, I can't really comment on what he said about Arteta because I turned it off. Yeah, I couldn't watch it. Yeah, well, well, so, I, I'll tell you what he said, Jim. He said, that, "No, don't." I stopped no. for a reason. <laughs> I stopped for a reason. Fuck's sake. He, he actually said he'd have stayed at West Ham if you would have stayed on in the coaching staff. That was his words. <laughs> well, I'm sure if he, I'm sure if he'd have said that, then there might have been a role for me somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, listen. I mean. For me, look, a perfect world, an absolute perfect world. There's no reason why we shouldn't strive to be in this in this perfect world as a football club either. We're a massive football club. I know we joke about it in the song, but we should be a massive football club. Yeah, agreed. And and I would love to have seen us go and say, oh, we're keeping, you're not going anywhere. Like you are staying, you are part of our plans. We want to get in the Champions League. We have 60,000 people through the gates every week. We're as big a club as any. You know, as fan base unreal. You are not going anywhere. You're going to stay here. We're going to make you the highest paid player. Money's not money's not the problem. Right. You get the same as you get anywhere else or similar. But this goes back to what I said about a player wanting to stay. If you sell them this, right, this I see your role evolving. We're going to sign someone else to do your dirty work. You know, how do you see it going? And and you keep Declan, and you put something <laughs> alongside him as well. A real t- another top player. You sign another top forwards, you know, and you actually go for it. Listen, it's a perfect world I'm talking about. Um, yeah. I don't know if the finances dictate it or not. I have no idea. I'm just talking. If I'm playing champ man, <laughs> you know, yeah. money's not. It's not my money that I'm spending. You know, so yeah. it's really easy to say it. I get that. But for me, in a perfect world, you, Declan, you're not going anywhere. We're a massive club. We're going to sign this, this, and this. We want you to stay. Maybe it gives him the choice. Maybe it gives him. It makes him think about it and go, actually, no, I am West Ham. Why would I need to go anywhere else to get this? All right, I'm not in the Champions League next season, but I could actually build something to get to there. That's the perfect world for me. That would always be the perfect world for the for your club that you love. You want that to be the best case for them mm. when it. Mm. You know, it's tough. When it doesn't happen like that, it doesn't happen like that. Am I Am I going to say other players aren't going to come in because David Moyes? I'm not going to say that. Listen, I'll go back to what we've done. Been in Europe for three seasons now. That's a big draw for, for, for players. Mm, yeah. You know, we've won, we've won a trophy. It's a massive draw for players. You're playing in front of a, a massive, massive, passionate fans week in, week out. Some of the atmospheres this year, this year have been the best I've seen. And it was on the back of a tough season. You know, mm. you go back you go back to the Europa League the year before, which is Seville's and Leon's and it was unbelievable atmosphere. You know, yeah. it's if I'm a footballer, I want to go and play in that atmosphere. Of course I do. Mm. Sometimes you know yes, you'll get games where it's a little bit quiet, but you can go to Man United and you'll get that. Fucking Arsenal's like a library at times. Yeah. And they were flying. Yeah. So you're yeah. gonna get that different if I'm looking at it as a player. And I'm sold something like how I see the club going forward. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go and do it. So I don't think players wouldn't sign on the back of David Moyes being there. No, I think they need to be signed because this is where we're taking the club. We want to go here with the club. Yeah, like I said, perfect world. We keep Declan. We'd have, we'd have made another three or four top signings, and we'll, we'll go and push the Champions League spots. We ain't far off that. Why do we not want to do that? Like, I want to do that. Everyone wants to do that. You have to have fucking massive dough. We've seen that Man City. 
you know, to get to where they've got to, they've had to spend massive dough. Mm. But now they're reaping the rewards of winning fucking everything. Yeah. <laughs> you want that for yeah. your club. You yeah. do. Now, that's a theory tale, and whether you can get to that is is different, but that's that's got to be the aim, hasn't it? But yeah. going back to the question, I don't think players wouldn't sign because David Moyes, David Moyes has managed for a thousand league games, a thousand games in his career. No, he's he's got to go down, he's managed some top clubs, he's got to go down as one of the one of the best managers he's been. So mm. no, I think you'd you'd want to sign as long as it goes back to you're not just going to sign for the sake of it. You want to sign because this is your role in the team. This is where I see us going. And um, we want to take the club forward with you in the team. Then that's how a player would sign. And then obviously you can get a few quid on the back of it as well, even better. Mm, I think you make some really good points there, Jim. And this is um, a, a real dilemma that Josh Wallace has brought to our laps here because he said, me and my other half have just got our first place together, but we've had a pretty big stumbling block. She isn't keen on me having West Ham memorabilia around the place. Is this grounds for handing in a transfer request <laughs> or do you have any tips to convince her? <laughs> Listen, I'm probably, again, one of the worst, I'm two divorces in, so I'm probably the worst one to ask. <laughs> 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 uh, I would go and say, first and foremost, how big's the house? Because if you've got room, <laughs> if you've got room for a games room or a, a, sh- a man cave. I would go. <laughs> I'd keep a happy life and go and put all my memorabilia in my man cave, yeah, or in a yeah. room that I can have everything in that she can't moan too much about. That would be my- <laughs> and that, and I've learned that I've learned the hard way because before I would have said, "Fuck it, just fucking get rid and do what you want in your house." But two divorces in, I've learned the hard way. <laughs> I'd keep <laughs> happy and go and have a little room where you can escape to, put a big TV and watch the games in there. Maybe stick a bar in there, a couple of Moretti on draft or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Invite your mates around. Right, love, we're just going to watch the game. Do you want to come and watch it with us? No, you're all right here? Okay, no problem. You watch fucking Desperate Housewives. (laughs) (laughs) I'm off to the man cave for four hours. She knows where you are. She can't moan. You're at the bottom of the garden. It's not like you've gone on a missing one, which I probably was guilty of as well and maybe why I am two divorces in. <laughs> I, I just got off and, I'm just going to watch the footy babe for a couple of hours and you won't see me till Wednesday. <laughs> so don't do any of that. Don't oh, that God, behavior. that is <laughs> oh. will be good and it's your own little little sanctuary as well there. Perfect. Win-win. Yeah. yeah. And there if you've you got, got some sound hours, advice. Yeah, you got some, absolutely. You've got a small house, you fucked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. obviously ignore everything Jim just said if you've got a small yeah. house. Obviously, if you've got a big house or, or money, yeah. maybe for an extension or a summer house to be built yeah. in the garden, then there's your answer. Some quality advice from Jim there. If, um, if you've got a one-bedroom apartment, you've got tough decisions to make. Yeah, yes, 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 yes. She's <laughs> got to go, Jim, really. That's the answer. Yeah. I, I never said that. <laughs> well, Jim, we're going to end on quite a scathing question, actually. And um, keep to get your thoughts on this. This is from Big Nick. And he says, how comes our fans are being so lenient to Creswell when Pyatt and Olnoltovich refused to train? They got abused. How comes Snakewell is getting away with it? Big Nick. Well, I'm going to be polite to Big Nick because he sounds... Big Nick, he sounds a bit... Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um... <laughs> Right, firstly, it's a real... To answer it, I'm not just saying this, I'm not skirting around it by any shape or form. 
I think behind the scenes, so I don't know what's been said. I don't know if, uh, for me, there be, there's never an excuse for a player to, to go and say, I ain't training. Uh, mm. I'm not playing for you. I, I, I don't think there's ever a time or an excuse to do that. Knowing Chris, well, I don't know him well by any means. I won't call him a mate, but having met him many occasions, he seems a top lad and a top pro. I can't see him mm. doing that myself. Mm. Mm. It's uh, surprising. Yeah. I can't see him do that myself. I, I mean, for me, I always go back. I go back to someone I spoke about earlier, and they give him a bit of stick for touch tackle. But Scotty Parker was was the one for me that did it the exact right way. I can remember sat in the change room, Chad will he for him. And fucking feels like yesterday, it's madness. But sat in mm. the change room, Scotty's come off his phone. He's look, he's looking a bit poignant. He was, I mean, he's never over bubbly, Scotty. Anyway, but a great lad. And he was just like sat there and a little bit. Oh, so I said, "You right? You right, mate? What's happening?" He said, uh, "And and basically, long story short, he he could have signed for Man City. Man City wanted him at the time. This was the start of the revolution. They wanted Scotty. I wanted him big, and I think they offered him. I think it was first. You know, there weren't many on a hundred grand a week there, but I think he was up around that figure that he was going right? to get. I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, no. And I'm sat in the changing room, and I'm just chatting. And he's like, agents told me to kick off and all that and get out. He said that." And like, you just, I couldn't do it. And we had good lads in that change room. And I, and I think he, he couldn't do that to them. He couldn't do it to the club. And his, he didn't go in the end, but he didn't sulk. He didn't do anything. While it was all going on, he trained fucking even harder. <clears throat> he trained even harder. Yeah, I think, he, listen, I'm, I might speak to that attorney. I don't know what he said behind the scenes, whether he might have gone in and said, look, I want to go. But what he did on the training ground, he worked his socks off. He was He worked even harder. Every game he played, he would, and I think he won two player of the years on the back of that, and he didn't go, and he ended up staying. And I always say that is the right way to do it. And he got his move after that. He went, some, I can't remember where he went after that. He went, he went, he went Tottenham, again. didn't he? He went Spurs, he moved on, he's made, he's made, he's gone on. It didn't happen. The club didn't want to let him go. I, I just don't think you can, I haven't got time for that. If that was in my changing room, and I see someone training, sulking, I'd have to pull him. I'd have to say, listen, you can't do this. You fucking, you take the piss out of us. You're mm. shitting on us. Mm. You know, mm. whatever you've got going on with the club, whatever you think you want to go, you've got fucking 700 grand a week on the table at Saudi Arabia. Like, I still don't believe you, you, you need to go and kick off. You have to do it the right way. And then if it happens, it happens. And you've done, you've, you can look yourself in the mirror. I just don't, like I said, I don't know what's been said behind the scenes. I don't think I says that. Having met him, I can't believe he would do he would would do that and and toss it off sort of thing. So, I, you know, I can't really say on that. But for me, it's the, it is it was the totally wrong way to go about it. Like the the other lads you mentioned as well was the wrong way to go about it. There's ways of doing it. Yeah, go and give everything you've got on the pitch and in training. Whatever you do off the pitch is different. If you go to the club every day and go, I want to go, I want to go. It's different. That's between you and the club. And you, you want to move, of course, move for whatever reason. But on the training grounds, you've got a responsibility to the fans, to your teammates, to yourself. I couldn't look myself in the mirror if I didn't give everything I've got every time I went on the training pitch or on, especially on the pitch, especially for a game. So I'd find it hard to believe he's doing that. So I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. And listen, I mean, he's been a fantastic servant. Mm. Unbelievable mm. nine years, you know, at the club. I, I think he's maybe not underrated as such, but you know, everyone knows what a, what a player he's been for for, the, for us. He's been fantastic. 
Mm. So if he does end on a sour note, it's, it's real, really disappointing. I hope he doesn't. I hope he gives everything and goes on and has another fantastic season. Or if he does get his move, he's done it the right way and everyone remembers him the right way, you know, and when he comes back, everyone will be, what what a player he's been for West Ham. And hopefully that is how it's remembered. Mm. Yeah, well said, mate. Well, Jimmy, it's been an absolute pleasure as always, pal. Thank you so much uh, for coming on. No, it's a pleasure, mate. Great, great to catch up. It's been too long, so hopefully we can, we can catch up a little bit more. I love getting the questions from the fans as well. Is that another... As you probably can tell, we haven't spoke for a while, so I'll, fucking, I'll give you some long answers there as well. You might have to chop <laughs> them up a bit. <laughs> oh, mate, we can't get enough of it, Jim. We cannot get enough Good of it. Um, and that is the end of the show. So as always, thanks for listening. Thanks for giving us your questions. And let's hope we can get off to the best possible start on Saturday. Take care. Be lucky. And until next week, come and join us. Mr. Moon has left the building. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.